Welcome to Align and Hustle. I'm your host, Kathy Spence, photographer, personal brand expert, mom, wife, and entrepreneur. I'm turning 50 this year, so things just got real. I have a new perspective and I'm all about reinvention, making midlife my new life. Through inspiring conversations with my incredible guests, I will be sharing and finding ways to help you align with what matters most and take action towards creating a life you love. Are you ready to make the rest of your life the best of your life? Let's do this. Well, hey there, my beautiful friends. Welcome to season three of the Align and Hustle podcast. I am so happy to be here with you today. If you are a longtime listener, you may notice that things look a little bit different around here. This season is all about tapping into your authenticity, getting out of your own way to finally step into the person you were meant to become. But it's not just talk. It's about taking action to create the life you want. And that is why I am so excited for my guest on this premiere episode. This girl is on fire. Honestly, I have been obsessed with her and the iconic brand that she's built for about 10 years now. When I first started the podcast, I had a list of dream guests and Jennifer Fisher was at the top of my list. I am still getting goosebumps as I say that because I can't believe it. Honestly, (laughs) it's like a dream come true um, that that she's my first guest for the season. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Jennifer Fisher started as a stylist and built a jewelry empire from her bedroom in New York City in 2005. Since then, she has built a cult-like following of influencers and celebrities like J-Lo, Selena Gomez, Hailey Bieber, Lady Gaga, and Rihanna, to name a few. In 2014, she opened her flagship jewelry store on New York City's Fifth Avenue. Since then, she's expanded her jewelry business and moved into the culinary space with three custom blended salts. You'll learn all about this in our talk. Over COVID, she built and opened another store in Beverly Hills, launched a lifestyle brand from sharing her cooking on Instagram and a collaboration with CB2. Since our interview, she has opened a brand new store in Soho and launched a luxury bedding line in collaboration with Casa Tex. And she's been named the Queen of Hoops by the New York Times. She is a wife, she is a mom, and she is the definition of entrepreneur. When I think of a personal brand icon, I think of Jennifer Fisher. I love this conversation. Jennifer is real and raw, and we chat like we've been friends for years. We talk about staying true to yourself, how turning 50 and becoming the face of her brand changed her business, trusting your instincts, how every moment counts, and the importance of living life to the fullest. She has been an inspiration to me, and I know she will inspire you. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the bold, the brilliant, the beautiful Jennifer Fisher. Okay. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I just have to say, I'm having like a huge fangirl moment because I love everything about you. You are like my brand celebrity crush. Oh my God. Thank you. (laughs) Because everything you've done is, is what I try to teach my clients to do. And you've just done it on this great scale. 
Thank you. So the opportunity to speak with you today is like, I'm getting goosebumps and I'm like, probably. I'm so, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thanks, Jennifer. So again, I'm having such a huge fangirl moment. Jennifer Fisher is in the house. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you here. And thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy busy schedule to chat with me today. I so appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And so for those, for the benefit of the audience who are listening and maybe watching who have not been exposed to you yet, which I don't understand how they couldn't because you've built this iconic celebrity following just massive brand. So I don't know how no one would know about you, but if they don't know who you are, no idea who I am. A lot of people have no idea who I am. We're learning that as we get larger, how many people don't. So this is go for it. Well, so how about we start? How about we start with how you got here? Because you didn't start as a global brand, obviously. You didn't have a huge celebrity following right from the get-go. Do you want to take us from how you built this phenomenal business from your bedroom, which is like what I've been reading about you and how I've been following you. And it wasn't, you started off as a stylist. Correct. So I, if you want me to start from the beginning, I uh, grew up in Montecito in Santa Barbara, California, and I went to USC for college, University of Southern California, and I graduated with a degree in business uh, marketing with a fine art minor. And I was always into fashion my entire life, and I always thought that I wanted to be a magazine publisher. Oh, okay. I want to be a publisher. I just thought that would be so cool. And when I graduated school and I started doing internships while I was still in school, I was interning at magazines and I was watching the clothing racks go by and I was sitting there crunching numbers for the advertising department. And I'm like, this is the wrong side. So I need to be on the other side. So it turns out at the same time, one of my best friends worked for a very large commercial director at Propaganda Films, which was still is a a very big uh, production house um, in Los Angeles. And he was looking for a new stylist. And they were sort of in a pinch and he was a, he he was like, you have any friends that are stylish that can help me out on this, on this shoot. So I ended up helping out this one director on a shoot. And he said, if you, if you F this up, you'll never work in this town again. (laughs) And I guess I did a good job because then he became my first commercial director and I became a commercial stylist. So I started, I did a little bit of celebrity here and there um, with some stylists who will re- remain unnamed because they were horrible, horrible to work for and miserable. And I kind of, it kind of made me not love the side of celebrity styling. And I loved commercials. It was great um, because you made a lot of money in advertising. So anyways, uh, I uh, was a stylist for about 10 years and on a trip to New York, I met a guy named Kevin. And uh, well, actually through one of my best friends, my best friend actually grew up with him. He actually grew up in Brentwood, uh, met a guy named Kevin was dating someone else, went back after I broke up with that other guy and then started dating Kevin and then moved to New York to be with Kevin. And I was still styling in New York and in California. And throughout this time I got, I was 30. I got diagnosed with something called a desmoid tumor, um, in my, on my exterior left chest wall. It is not breast cancer. It's a soft tissue sarcoma that comes from scar tissue normally. And it's basically a keloid scar on the inside of your body that can metastasize and kill you, or can just become its self-contained tumor, which mine was. Um, so so I went interrupt you there. Like, how did you, did you start having like chest pain or, or was it just like a routine check that you found this? 
No, actually it's, it's on, it's on the exterior of my chest wall. So I, they think it's from breast, uh, from, uh, scar tissue from my breast implants, because when I had my implants done, um, back in 1997, um, they went through my armpit to put them in. And so that was the, that was sort of the canal and it was right. It's right here actually, right on my, above my breast. Um, so it's like one in like 500,000. They're very, very, very rare, uh, sarcomas. And, um, at the time they didn't really know how to treat them, but luckily my uh, now father-in-law was a doctor and he got me a second opinion after one doctor cut into it when he shouldn't have, cause that could have made it metastasize. Anyways, I went through chemotherapy for it, like 12 rounds of high dose methotrexate, which is, um, was actually shrunk it. So that was great. So then we, uh, during chemotherapy, Kevin proposed to me and then we got married, uh, six months after. And when we wanted to have children, my oncologist said, absolutely not. Your tumor grows from estrogen. You need to get a surrogate or you need to adopt. Um, so we went through that whole process of surrogacy. Uh, our surrogate was unsuccessful after two times and a few years. And I decided that I wanted to then, um, try to carry the baby myself. So I ended up getting pregnant naturally um, without IVF. And that was my son, Shane. And so when Shane was born, people were giving me gifts to represent him. And I did not feel that they really represented my personal style whatsoever. I was like, have you always been like this badass, bold style that that you are now? You know, in high school, I was that girl that I always went to vintage stores and I would like rework like a cool jacket to like make it more myself. And no, I definitely, I wasn't like one of those trendy popular girls. I definitely was like an alpha in my own way, but I'm not in like the spotlight way. I I definitely was like the funkier girl. So that was kind of my thing. At least I think so. I don't know. Um, but so like you what know, kind of things were people buying you like the cutesy little mom and no, like, like the little people, like things, it's just like things. I was like, this is not me. I'm not going to wear this. This is so not me cute, but like not me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make something that, and cause this has been such a long journey trying to have Shane. I want his full name on something. I wanted something heavy. So I went to the jewelry district. I drew this little dog tag. I had this, I knocked on doors and people were like, get out, get out. And then finally this one person said, oh, sure. I'll make that for you. No problem. So that was my first dog tag. It's the medium dog tag now on the website, which is still one of our best selling shapes. And I wore it on a very heavy gold link chain, longer than what people would normally wear at the time. Like people were wearing charm necklaces, like people wore charm bracelets, like so much so that I collected charms throughout my entire, my, my parents would travel and buy me charms. And I have this massive charm bracelet and I wanted to take some of the charms off and make it a necklace. And everyone was like, no, 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 you don't do that. You wear charms on a bracelet. So that, that was sort of also my reasoning in doing it too. I'm like, why can't we do this? Like I, what? So I wore it on like a a 24 inch, very heavy gold chain and I'd wear it on set and the grips and the gaffers and all the guys that we're shooting with, you know, we're all hanging out in friends and they're like, oh wait, my wife, wait, my wife would want that with my kid's name on it. But can you make a heart? Can you make a star? And I was like, sure. I can make whatever you want. And I started making them for people on set and I made one for Uma Thurman. Um, and cause my, I was fr- very good friends with her hairdresser, Ryan, and he delivered it to her the day that she was shooting the cover of glamor magazine and she wore it on the cover of glamor. Mm. And so that was, that was helpful. Um, because one of my questions is, do you have a pivotal moment? Was that the pivotal moment or that was a helpful moment? 
people ask me this question all the time and it's really interesting. And people are like, what is the pivotal moment of your career? I'm like, I have a pivotal moment every week. Like, I feel like, you know, I can't say that there's one thing that has clearly made or break, like broken my business. Like, you know what I mean? There's just like nothing there. There's, there's things that have been helpful along the way, but to me, it's the combination of all of these things together that really are, have made us who we are. It's not, you know, cause there's some things at the time. No, I totally it, agree because you're like, you're an evolving person, right? And your business yeah. and your brand evolves as you grow more opportunities come and you move in different directions and you go, it's like a flow kind of thing. Yeah. And I also, I think the more mistakes you make, if you can come out of those mistakes, um, authentically realizing who you are and what you did wrong and why, like that's, you know, like, I, like I, can I swear here? Yeah. Oh, like, you know, like I fucked up. Like I, I should not have done that. You know, I should have done it this way. Like, why did I listen to so-and-so? Like those are pivotal moments. I think those mistakes that you realize you've made that you can then learn from and evolve. It's not like, I love that. I love that. That's so great. That made my career. No, that's not true. I love that. My husband used to write when the kids were little on the chalkboard, make mistakes today because yeah, technically as an entrepreneur, those are the things that where you learn and where you grow. Exactly. Exactly. You cannot learn unless you make mistakes and you cannot be my other thing too, is like people out there that are starting a business or that are young and don't know what to do. Like you have to fail in order to move forward. So failure also, you cannot look at failure as something that is, is, Oh my God, I'm over. I'm ruined. I did. I mean, that happens all the time. Like learn from it and move forward and be like, okay, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Or if I do make that mistake again, I'm going to handle it this way. You know? So do you find that you're really good at decision-making and you don't have fear or, or what is it that you, yes, I think that I'm very decisive. I know what I want. Um, and I do make those decisions. I'm, I'm very aggressive, which is whatever it's also, it's also, it's, it's also something that's not so great because I'm so aggressive that some people see it as, um, being unkind or mean, or but hard, I just, maybe. I, I find hard. Yeah. People yeah. Are like, you're such a hard ass, but I'd say, you know, I think it's just about, I, I just, I'm decisive and I, I I'm sorry. It's, no, but that's what I love about you. Like you are bold, you are brilliant and you just, you I'm just brilliant. go and my husband calls me hard too. So don't worry. Maybe, you know, that's, yeah, the, so that's what hard last, I was out last night and someone's like, you're so hard, but like not in a bad way. I'm like, okay, so maybe we should, maybe we should think of a new word for that. I think, yeah, let's come up with something. I think it's that, you know, you know yourself, right. You know yourself, you know what you like and, and you don't maybe question yourself. That comes with age too. I, I couldn't, I was not this self-assured or decisive in my forties or in my thirties. I, and I always say fifties, uh, like turning 50 was the best thing. Like it is, I have, I have changed exponentially since I turned 50. Really? Let's okay. Yeah. Let's explore this for a bit because I'm petrified that that number is coming. So was, I, so was I, so was I. So the number and leading up to it was really tough for me. And I, I didn't realize that I was so terrified to turn 50 I was like, oh, I'm fine. It's cool. Whatever. It's just a number. And then when I turned 50, I was like, oh shit, I'm 50. Yeah. And so you have to sit with it. And I then because the thing that bugs me is that it's like, there's more time behind me than maybe in front of me. That's what I was like. <laughs> you can't think about it that way. You can't think about okay. it. That <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. That is the truth. Yeah. Like if you get another 50, you're really lucky. Like, yeah. but how many of those years are you actually like active and healthy and great and like doing things? 
Oh that's shit. That's why, that's why I'm now like, I'm going to live my life to the fullest and I'm not going to sit back and feel, you know, I, I was having this conversation the other day. I was like with, uh, you know, my husband, I'm like, I, I'm not going to sit back and not say something any longer because I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. Mm-hmm. And I want to live my best life for however long I'm here. I'm not going to be asleep. Well, you're like definitely I, not. Like asleep. I, woke up, I feel like I woke up when I turned 50. Okay. So is that why, cause I have a question. Is that why, you know, so many businesses with COVID and lockdowns, I don't know what it was like in, were you still in New York when COVID hit? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cause I live in New York. Okay. But you're just hanging out in LA right now. No, I'm in LA right now for work. My father's okay. actually very sick. So I'm actually oh, here. I'm sorry. It's okay. Thank okay. You. So that's why I've been here so much. Um, no, no, but no. Um, so, but that's also kind of another thing too, which is also kind of interesting. I think ailing parents too, like it gives you this kind of new sense of like, okay, you know what? I am not going to fuck around anymore and waste time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's really powerful, but I think, it, I think it's really about turning 52. I think it's, I think it's everything. Cause at this age, you know, if you're lucky enough to still have your parents, um, you know, things kind of start happening. You know, my dad's 84, he's lived a fantastic life and he's amazing. And, um, but you know, it's just life. It's just life. But so you, you have to make sure that you're living your life to the, like the fullest extent every day. Mm-hmm. It's a good lesson. I lost my dad. He was, I think that's one of the reasons I'm freaking out. Cause he was 52. So right? it's like, it just kind of put everything in perspective because right. when that happened, it didn't really make sense until I'm nearing that age. And I'm like, I understand. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Like I'm the same age as, yeah, I totally understand. It's, um, it's, you just don't take things for granted, right? Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. No. Hey beauty. It's me in celebration of season three and my incredible premiere guest, I am gifting a set of Jennifer Fisher signature hoops to one lucky listener. All you have to do is leave a review. So go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review the show. But before you submit, be sure to take a screenshot and DM me on Instagram at Kathy Spence Portrait. The best review will receive a set of Jennifer Fisher signature hoops as my thanks to you. Now back to the show. When COVID hit, a lot of businesses were worried right? Like, how are they going? I don't know. In New York, I don't know what it was like, but in Toronto, like technically we are just opening now after two years. Like it's just been rolling lockdowns and just crazy here, but that's what I feel like. It is. Yeah. Canada has been really tough. Yeah. It's been so bad, but how did you, you were thriving. Like you came out of that, just thriving. You launched a new store in LA. You built a store you, during COVID. You built a store in LA. You, um, collaborated with CB2 with this whole lifestyle brand. So not only did you build a jewelry brand, which is iconic, but now you're building this whole lifestyle brand. Like how I read something, hold on. I read something that you said, that you said in business, you have to be in tune with the tide so you can shift your focus before the waves break. So like, did you see this coming? And did you just say like, it's when everyone else is hunkering down, this is when I'm going to go. Like what was going through your mind? You know, I think this kind of goes back to, and this is the first time I've actually vocalized this or really even realized it, but I think this sort of goes back to when I got sick. Like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like fight or flight kind of thing where I, you know, I, when I got sick, I was sort of like, okay, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to get through this. This is what we're going to do. And we're going to do it this way. 
and I'm going to do it and go. I'm not going to sit here and wallow in the fact that I have this, whether or not I'm going to like live or die or what's going to happen and worry about the future so much. I'm just going to go and I'm going to just move forward and let's see what happens. So COVID was kind of the same thing. So the CB2 Club, to clarify, launched when COVID hit. We were doing our press tour. I was in LA with Nina, my publicist. We were in, we were in Dallas, Texas, and then we were in Los Angeles when we were doing our press tour for CB2, literally like the right before, it was like the first week of March. Like it was right before the world shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, or right before that, it was literally crazy. March, March 13th. Yeah. March 13th. I remember driving. No, March, my 13th, yeah. no, March 13th was the was day, the the day you flew home. Yeah. No blue for my son's birthday. Yeah. The day you went home. 14. So we were in LA before that, but literally, so CB2 had been, had been manufactured, produced, but done launched right when COVID hit, which is the worst timing, but also the best. I mean, who knew we were like, Oh shit. And then like, Oh my God, everybody's at home. Everybody's redoing their homes. This is crazy. It's selling like crazy. Yeah. Like it worked in your favor. (laughs) Oh my God. It was like, it was so crazy. What happened with CB2? Like it was, it was one of those odd miracles. I mean, we are so lucky. Like, I don't, I don't know if I can say this, Nina, can I say that we're the best collab that they've had thus far? I mean, in our opinion, in our opinion, we are. Whatever. Anyways, but I think it was timing with COVID. And I think that, you know, everybody was redoing their homes. And then also at that same time, I decided since I was stuck at, well, there's two things. I had to run the business by myself and ship all the jewelry by myself. That's one story that I could tell you. But if, while we're on CB2, I'll finish CB2. I started during COVID. I was like, I, I can't go to work. I might as well shoot myself in the kitchen while I'm cooking food. And I started cooking more on Instagram and it exponentially changed my salt business because we make salt also, which is so random, I know, but my salt business and then my CP2 business, because I would be cooking, using my salt and then serving it on my CP2 dishes and then showing everyone all my CP2 stuff at my house and like, and linking it. It was like, it literally was like the best shoppable YouTube, like Instagram moment that you could do because I was, I was doing everything and selling everything at the same time. So I was, it was literally like full-time HSN, Jennifer Fisher style. <laughs> like I, and everyone's at home and they're all on Instagram. So it it was one of those, like, oh my God, how did I get so luck? Like, this was crazy. But I was like, I'm just gonna put myself out there. Like I'm casual. Like, look, I got a beanie on. Like but I'm that's not the thing. I think that's what makes you so um I don't want to say relatable, but how women relate to you because there's no bullshit with you, right? Like this is just me. I'm in my kitchen. Here's my salt. Here's right. my it's not like this yeah. perfect curated thing of like clearly I live in this perfect house with my perfect marble this and my perfect, you know manicured and I'm always in a full look and like, I'm making this face like, no, like this is me in my kitchen. Like this is the shit we all do. We got to cook dinner. So let's cook dinner together and let's make it yummy. So during that time, like health wise, I was still eating. I mean, I'm jumping all over the place. Stop me. I can. No, no. Okay. So let's stop here for a second. Cause I wanted to ask, is the same thing that happened with CB2 kind of the same thing that happened with your hoops? Is that how you like really made a, with, like really made an imprint with your jewelry business. Like it just seems you, there's like a trend with you. I'm noticing you see something that you, you, there's something that you want, you can't find it. So you're going to create it on your own. (laughs) And you've done that with your jewelry. You've done that with your salt and you've done that with, I'm guessing now with like health and wellness, there's so many things that like, yeah. So we have to figure the health and wellness space, like all of that. And like cookbook, no cookbook, uh, you know, 
different lifestyle brand, maybe more, uh, you know, who knows what we're going to do with this? Is it a media thing? Is it a blog? I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, you know, there's a lot that we can do in this space. And it's kind of exciting because, again, I don't relate to a lot of those ones that are already out there. Um, they are either too fancy for me or they're too, I don't know, like, perf- I don't, but it's just too perfect. Like, there's got to be space for someone like me that's a little more scrappy and kind of like, I'm just like all of you guys, like, let's just do, let's just try to make it a little cooler. Right. Like mm-hmm. we, we don't have to, I'm not going to try to, you know, that's the thing. You're like the, you're like the, the cool, you're like the cool friend. Everyone wants. <laughs> I love that though. That makes me really happy. That's the best compliment I can get. And that's it. Someone else, someone came into my store today earlier and said the same thing. Yeah. They're like, you're like my like coolest, best Instagram friend. I was like, I'll take that. That's cool. Yeah. You know, okay, and nice. so we've talked about, have we talked enough about the business for my entrepreneurial listen listeners? But I really want to ask you, like, you look like fabulous, fabulous. Every time you pull. Okay. So I have to talk about your brand. The, the fact that you've become the face of your brand, like you are stunning in these images and just that vibe that you have on your website. It just seems so, I don't know. There, it's just like, it, it's cool, but it's almost unattainable, but it's cool. But it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all, not, but it's real. Cause then like, you know, yeah, like that's what we kind of try to do. Like, you know, we had models on the site for a long time and yeah, didn't you have like, like Nikki Taylor or yeah, I love yeah. her. She's so yeah. great. She was one of my favorite like models back in the day. That's why oh, I, I used to buy teen magazine when she was <laughs> the nicest, nicest girl. Like I love Nikki Taylor. So Christy Turlington. Like, I used to love her. I love her too. Yeah. Like all those girls, like they're awesome. But then people were kind of like, you know, I, I, we, we like to see you like, what about you? And so then we put, we put me on the website and it changed everything. Like people are just, I don't know. It's really interesting. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to do it. I mean, but I'll do it until I can't, I guess. And we change. So how much do you think social media has played a part in building your brand? Uh, I think that social media, well, Instagram in particular, if that's what you're talking about, because I'm not really on a lot of other things. Um, Instagram is an amazing communication tool. Mm -hmm. I credit Instagram, not with building my brand at all. I was just an early adapter to Instagram. Like I was that girl, like when Instagram came out, I was like, all right, this is cool. This is fun. Let's do it. Like that's, you know, how my salt launched. I, I posted my avocado toast and more people asked, you know, what was on my avocado toast than like, you know, the hoops that like Rihanna had on, like, it's just so interesting. So, and then now with DMs, how we're able to directly contact people, which we could not before, like you can talk to anybody now. Like I was talking to like Sabrina Carpenter the other day, like, it's just like, you're talking to like, you know, whoever, like, are you talking to Rihanna? Like whoever, it's just crazy. You know, like I messaged Hailey Bieber the other day and like, she messaged, you know, they talk about, you know, you're talking. Yeah. But Hailey Bieber is like, it like wears all of your, all of your jewelry. Is she uh, like a, is a she, supporter? Yeah. She's a huge supporter of yours. So I'm sure she loves to yourself. DM you all the time. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, if they need something, you know, or whatever, it's just kind of like that thing. It's not like we're best friends, but like, it's, you know, it, it's, it's just, you know, a lot of the times they want jewelry or they're like, Hey, or the question or whatever. Um, but that's anyways, Instagram is, it just um, makes everyone so accessible, right? It makes everyone so accessible, which is really helpful as a brand um, because you can reach out to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. That's how I reached out to you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that's exactly my point. So it's it's and it's such a great way to like the community that I've built in my kitchen account. Like those are my those are my those are my people. 
like the, the kitchen people, like everyone's like, how do you reply to every single DM? I'm like, because those are my people. Like, okay. I want to talk about your kitchen account. Okay. Because there are so many things that you share on that account as far as like beauty secrets and like you're in like the vitamin injectables that you take. I love plastic surgery and injectables and all of that shit. It's my body. People can judge and say whatever the fuck they want. I don't care. It's my body. I was going to ask you. You do to your body what you want to do to your body. I'll do to my body what I want to do to my body. Thank you very much. Do you still have your implants after the the issue? Yeah, I do. I well, I do only because it's a funny story about my implants. So I, uh, I was, I was carrying the turkey at my sister in law's house one day, like uh, on Thanksgiving, and like serving it and helping her. And so I was straining, holding it because it was heavy, and I, you know, walking around the table helping her serve. The next day I was at my office. I looked down and my left boob was gone. What? It had, it had, it had ruptured. Oh my lord! But like I had one. I was like, Are oh you kidding? God. So what? What were you no. left with there? Just flatness. No, it was like this weird, creepy. It's like a weird, creepy feeling that like something's in there. It's not a nice feeling. So then I had to rush and have them redone. And then the guy made them too big. And then I was like, no, 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 this is crazy. I look like I'm a professional something and it's not what I want to look like. Um, we need to make Because you're tiny, out. right? So you don't have a lot of skin there to stretch. No, I was, I, but I was, I mean, obviously as everyone can see, I was larger when I was younger. I mean, not by a ton, but I, you know, was always a little bit bigger with my thyroid disease before I started my anti-inflammatory program. Okay. Let's um, go there. Let's go there next. That. So when did you start, when did you find out that you had, because you're like in better shape now than I think you were when I was following you like years ago. Yes, for sure. So well, let's, let's go through that because a lot of women don't think that they can have a body that they had or even stay in shape or not, or get around that menopause middle or whatever. So how, what is it that you, how do you look so fabulous? I'm, I need your legs. What do you do? (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, I'm not a specialist or, you know, in diet or exercise or nutrition or anything like that. All I know is it's sort of kind of like my jewelry and my salt (laughs) was working for me. So I made up my own shit. So I literally like, I was like, I, during COVID I was eating well, gluten-free. So I I have, I have Hashimoto's. So it's a hypoactive thyroid. So for those who don't know, I have a very, very slow thyroid. So therefore my metabolism is very slow. Um, So I had always sort of struggled with like, you know, you know, five to eight pounds my entire life of just, and I didn't realize it was just swelling. I didn't realize it was just swollen. Um, until I started this program. So I was gluten-free for a long time. And I was like, I was like a hardcore, you know, soul cycle girl. And I was a hardcore, like Peloton girl during COVID. And I thought I did this crazy cardio every day. And I thought I was being so strong and so great. And I was bulky. Um, and then it was also, I just, I, that's me. I hate that. I hired a trainer and I just feel like I got bigger. So I just started doing along with my food changes that I made. So I, so now I'm something called, I'm like a, I'm like a flexible ketotarian. Ketotarian Mm. is a book that was written by Dr. Will Cole that changed my life. I read it when I was on my going, Oh, there you go. (laughs) I, one of my followers on my kitchen account recommended that I read it. And so I bought it. Have you read plant paradox by Dr. Gundry? Uh, I tried, I couldn't get through it. It's very, um, yeah, it's very scientific, but I found that really yeah, helpful. I'm not a, I'm not a big reader. Cause I'm, I, my attention, I, I, I literally, my husband called, you know, remember that you know, the movie, the movie up with the dog where the dog he goes squirrel. Yeah. The dog, <laughs> <it's up. laughs> 
That's me. God, I used my to poor team and my poor employees. Like I'm literally, they're always like, Jen, focus, Jen, focus, Jen, focus. So I, I had to quarantine for 10 days in LA. Remember like, when you're going back and forth? So I had to quarantine. And so during my quarantine, I read Ketotarian and I literally, it was like this light bulb went off in my head. And I was like, what am I doing? Like I have Hashimoto's. I'm already gluten-free, but kind of messing around gluten-free. Like I, you know, you get drunk on a Friday night and you eat a pizza, like, no, but I was still doing that. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to change my entire everything. I'm going to cut out dairy, all gluten legumes, which is beans, lentils, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and no bad oils. So like no safflower, sunflower, canola, palm, you know, all of the bad oils, it's all in the book. So if anyone wants to know, read the book. Um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then I stopped drinking uh, martinis. I started drinking organic red wine. Yeah. So I, although I had, a, I'm now I'm back on martinis because my reflux because of my age is so bad that I am back on, back on martinis instead of red wine. But anyways, I, I was like, I'm going to stop all of this. Cause during COVID and my cooking and doing all that stuff online, I was like, everything had cheese in it. I love cheese. Oh, yeah. So um, how do you get rid of the cheese? You stop like, eating. Do you, but do you eat any like vegan cheese or like, yes. nothing? Yes. I love you. Vegan okay. I do. There's a lot of vegan cheese really sucks, but then there's a lot of really good ones. It's same with gluten-free bread. A lot of them are grain-free bread now. So now I'm grain-free. Um, and so there's a lot of grain-free breads that are really delicious. You just have to, you know, and, and everyone was always like, tell me exactly what you eat. Give me your grocery list. Like, and I'm, I'm going to post those soon on Instagram. Give me your grocery list. But I'm like, but what I like and what's on my list might not be what you like. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, you know, we're, you're not going to wear the same dress that I'm going to wear to a party. Like, it's sort of like with food, like you guys are going to have to go through this trial and error on your own. Like I can kind of help guide you and tell you what works for me, but what works for me is not going to necessarily work for you. And I say this all the time because that's where people fail when they're trying to, you know, change their diet and change the way that they eat. They feel very, they're very restricted and regimented based off of what they read in a book. I don't follow ketotarian to a T by the way, at all. Um, I don't measure my ketones. I don't know if I'm in keto. I don't, I don't know. I just, no. eat, you know, I but- think everyone has to do what's best for them. Like you said, because my daughter went vegetarian during the lockdown or like vegan. And so I bought all the vegan cookbooks and we were eating vegan, but it just, I have very low iron, so I can't eat like that. Like I literally was crashing. I had to go back to eating like at least a, like a steak once or twice a week or something. I eat red meat. So I eat red meat two to three times a week, as long as it's grass fed. I love beef. I prefer oddly. It's a weird thing. I oddly prefer ground beef. That's why so many of my recipes have ground beef in it. Cause to me, it's sort of like, it's like this weird meat kibble. It's not like actually cutting into like the flesh. Like <laughs> I think I read somewhere that you said like you'd rather have nachos for dessert or whatever. So uh, yeah. well, I'm, a salty girl. I'm a salt girl always. Like I love salt. Yeah. I love salt. So like, are you putting, so when you salt your food, how much are you putting on like a pinch? Or are you like really dousing? No, 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 no. I'm so, so what's so funny now is I eat so clean. And so, you know, I, I try to eat like the least amount of anything that comes out of a package. So there's no salt in natural, like organic food. So like you have to salt your food, but I'm so sensitive to salt now. Like I barely use any, you don't need a lot. I see no, the key no. is to season your food before you cook it. And then to make sure that you season it at the end, like you don't need to like kill it and like douse it in salt, you know? No. Have you always been like into, okay. So wait, where did we leave off? You've cut out gluten. You've cut yep. out grains. You've cut yep. out everything. You've cut out yep. alcohol. Are you act like you need to exercise, right? Because to, to run all these businesses, you need to be on your game. Well, you also need a stress reliever. 
you, you need like something, sorry, you need something that like, is going to, you know, and I work with my husband also, which is like, um, you know, so you have, you need something that's that, that is going to chill you out. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I was doing TM for a long time, transcendental meditation. How'd that go? Uh, yeah, it's kind of boring. Like, I <laughs> well, especially if you're like, okay, my mantra, my mantra, my mantra, but I'm still like, my mind is like, I got to do this. I got to do this. It's really hard for me. Um, but it's great. I, I love TM. Um, and I like that it's not based off of like a God or anything. It's just, it's just a mantra, um, which is great. Um, but I do think that exercise, I do Pilates and Pilates also along with the way that I eat has completely changed my body. Mm. Like it, I loved my body I when like I I'm did. like so much longer and like yeah. leaner now it's, and my posture is better. Um, Amy flat iron Pilates. She's my, I can say that cause she has no space to put anybody to get anyone. in. <laughs> so I can, I can say that she's amazing. She's just like this one, one woman show. And she literally like is the queen of posture as I'm sitting here doing this, the queen of posture. And like, it, she taught me how to work out smarter, not harder. So it's, it's literally like a stretching class. It's amazing. I'm like, this is it. And it totally changed my body. Cause I was so from, from spinning and doing all this stuff. I was so like compact and I'm, I don't like to stretch by myself. I didn't realize like, I was like, a, I was like muscly and I was lean. I was, I was, you know, in shape, but I was just like stocky. Mm, that's what I found. I started with a trainer and I just feel like I'm getting really bulky. I don't like it. I like that long, lean, like ballerina kind Pilates. of. That's what this is. So that's what I do Pilates. Okay. So you mentioned you worked with your husband. So how long have you been working with your husband? <laughs> okay. So one, how are you still married? I don't know. Um, <laughs> great question. Um, you know, he, he, we're like very yin and yang, Kevin and I, um, I'm like the aggressive creative and he's the, you know, the chill financial guy. Oh so this is so like, this is so great. I love that he brings you coffee in the morning because my, my husband is the financial guy and I'm the cray cray too. So it's just funny. I know. I was like, I always, I always joke to him. I'm like, Kevin, if we ever broke up, you'd be totally good with the amount of women that asked to DM you every day. Cause they are, he's getting, <laughs> he gets stopped on the streets. Like women are obsessed with him and my dog. Because of the coffee? Yes. He has fans. Girls stop him at like clubs, like night, like like constant trip. Like girls are like Kevin, like they're like scared to talk to him. It's, it's insane. He has like groupies. Yeah, but he's so. Does he he's run? Great. Does he run the financial aspect of? He's your the pre- Yeah, he's the he's the president. I am the. I'm now the chief creative officer. They changed my title. I'm a CCO now, um, and he's the president. And you know, we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for Kevin. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Kevin's awesome. And he's the and nice he's, guy. And he's well, that's guy. what I've read that you've said before. Like, he's just nice. Like he was, so he was the reason you moved to New York. And he was because he wouldn't, he wouldn't propose to me until I moved to her. I was like, give me a ring before I get to New York. And he was like, hell no, you're moving here. I, uh-uh. So I moved to New York, but I was kind of by coastal. Um, and then he proposed. Oh. 21 years in September. It's so crazy. Oh my God. What September when? Uh, the 8th. We got married three days before 9-11. Oh my gosh. I'm 28th September anniversary, 20th this year. And I got married two days before I turned 30. So that's like the 20th anniversary and the 50th birthday, like within two days of each other. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a little bit crazy. Try to enjoy your birthday. It's great. 
I know I have. So I have, I'm saving up that long, that image of you with that long chain and the diamond, um, J K J F I'm saving. Cause I have a dress that I'm going to wear to, in my Vegas party and it has a very plungy. So I'm oh, like, God. I need something. You need, <laughs> yeah. you, need a, you need the long chain to go down there. I actually just posted that today. Cause I'm wearing this low thing today. So I posted this long charm necklace just now on stories. And you just launched something new this week too. I got well, no, well, no, we launched our scent. So now we have a fragrance. Okay. But you're sold out because I went on to buy. Yeah, there's like 2000 like, people on the waiting list. It's crazy. It's crazy. It smells like a cookie on vacation. It's like, um, so I grew up in Santa Barbara and like all the boys were surfers and there was this stuff called sex wax that they'd always use to put on their surfboards. And it smells like the perfect coconut scent. It's sort of like that perfect sunscreen smell. So, which I always loved. And so, and I've always like my first Mac address, I always have worn vanilla scent my entire life. I've always been vanilla gen. Like that was like literally like my, like my first, like whatever account. And, um, I just, I finally was like, I'm so sick of com- trying to combine like five different vanillas to make my vanilla every day. Like this is too, t- I don't have time for this shit. So I'm like, let's make, I'm going to make one and that's going to be it. So that's, that's my scent. So again, my scent, this goes again with can't find what I want. So I'm going to make it. So then yeah. what is next for you then? What is, what else? Like, let's, let's predict what else can you not find that you're thinking of creating? Well, we're definitely going to come out and do more things in that scented world that you can use around your house. We have a lot of, we're launching another um, home collab at the end of June. Don't buy sheets. <laughs> okay. Don't buy sheets or towels, everybody. Know. I don't know oh, what's coming you, out. Weren't you a spokesmodel for something in the bed? Yeah, I was. I, I, and then I am yet again. Very so, smart. <laughs> I like to lie naked in bedding and have my photo taken. No, it just, it's... And by the way, I don't sleep. By the way, I wear pajamas when I sleep, which is so funny. So this next one you'll see are also included something like that too. So I, we did a really cool, uh, collab that's coming out and I'm excited. It's everything around bed and bath that you need. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like there's nothing like you're just on fire. It's like, you've, it's like, you know, a lot of my friends when we're hitting this age, they're like starting to think about winding down. And I'm like, wait a second, we're just getting started. Like, let's go, let's go. And you are just on, like you're blazing. I'm just getting started. I'm so excited to see what else we do. Oh, thank you. I, yeah, I'm just getting started. I, there's so much more that I want to do. And it's sort of like this, it goes back to the same thing. Like every day is a gift every day's gift. So like, let's make the most of every day instead of like sitting on your phone, scrolling Instagram, go do something. So family is really important to you. I get from, from everything that I've watched with you. How do you, how do you manage to keep such a close relationship with your kids with all this going on? I teenagers. I am not close with my kids. I mean, it's like, <laughs> talk to me they don't want to go to dinner with me on a friday night they no want but to- that's teens like before listen yeah. before they hit this age of like okay, they're hungry yeah. or they're hurt or they need some skincare well like i am i am that it's funny how like kevin's a sports guy and i am the i'm i'm the, the i i feed them i'm the I, like i'm the one that they come to if they're hungry if they need something if they're sick it's so funny teens are so funny you know it's one of those things so this is another reason that you're saying like now i'm starting to do these things so it was very important to me as a mother to be around when my kids wanted to be around me now Mm -hmm. my kids don't want to be around me 
Like, I mean, they do, but they don't. Do you know what I mean? Like I, it was really important for me to keep the business small and not to like try to go and create too much. Cause I knew that like, here I am in LA for like a week, like, cause I knew what that would mean. Like, as we started to grow and to do more things, it would mean that I'm not around as much. And so that was why I did less when they were younger. And now that they're both in high school, I'm like, giddy up, let's go. Like now it's time to do it because my kids are busy and it's not that they don't want to be around me, but like they're, they're self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. You know, I've taught them to like, you know, put your dish in the dishwasher. Cause if you don't, I'm going to stick it in your bathroom. Like that kind of, <laughs> that's a kid, by the way, if my kid doesn't put their stuff in the dishwasher, we put it in their room. Oh, that's a good tip. It's a great tip, but like things like, like, so anyways, the kids are, the kids are just now like on autopilot. They're so busy with sports or with their friends or their camp or whatever they're doing. Like now is the time that I can actually do it because I've parented, I've done it. My kids are grown. Yeah. Like, you've given them I'm the foundation. Yeah. Right. I'm not done, but like the harder part of feeling that you needed to be there at every moment for the recitals and all of that stuff. Like, you know, we did that. So now it's like college prep and things like that, but I, you just don't have to be around as much because they're not around as much. Mm. So are you still like, is your main role still designing? Mo- like, are you I designing everything? You design, I don't have, I where does everything. this come from? So where does, where did these, what inspires you? Where, where did these ideas come from? I don't know. I honestly, I'm sort of like, okay, I kind of want to wear this. So this could be kind of cool. Like, let's do this. Like I, it's the same thing with the, with the salt and the first piece of jewelry and the CB2 and all that stuff. It's sort of like, you know, I look around at what's out there and I kind of look around like, okay, what are people wearing right now? Like it's so nineties right now. Okay. But what, yeah. What is the trend right now after COVID? I don't even know what's even like what's even teens. My daughter, my daughter only wants to do wear like, you know, sweatshirts from like a sub shop with like, <laughs> like, like vintage corduroys, like, you know, it's all like Bella Hadid or, or Devin Lee Carlson or all these girls or Emma Chamberlain, who's, you know, they, they, they have, um, this very nineties sense of style. So my daughter is not one to like go to Zara and shop. She doesn't, she's not that girl. Although there are a lot of those girls, my daughter's and is more of like, I'm going to go to the thrift store and try to find like today on this trip here, which is so funny. Her favorite sweatshirt is from a sandwich place on sunset. That was like random, but she's like, it's so cool. Cause no one has it. So she's kind of like how I was in high school. She wants something that no one has Johnson is some kind of different. Um, anyway, so the style now, so I'm always kind of targeting, um, younger girls kind of thinking about, cause our, our, we have really young customers now. So my, all my daughters, like my daughter's friends, they wear the hoops, they wear the gold jewel, they all charm necklaces, all of that. So I kind of just try to think of, okay, well, there's, there's that category of girl, but then there's also my category of girl. Like, what do I want to wear? Like, what are people wearing right now? You know, and I, or what is going on in fashion? you know, and what would work well, you know, on a photo shoot with whatever crazy thing is happening in fashion. I try to keep it really simple and just to move around things that like, I don't like making jewelry for things that you kind of wear once and want to put away. Like I want to make something that you're going to buy because it's not inexpensive. You're going to wear all the time, mm-hmm. you know? So I always try to keep it really kind of minimal and timeless and easy. And yeah, they'll be edged, edged to things, but, but I think, you know, to create a lasting product that people feel good about spending, you know, spending their hard earned money on that they're going to want to wear over and over again. I never want to be too fancy. Like that to me is not who we are. Like everyone's like, Oh, you're going to do more, you know, like high jewelry. I'm like, no, no, thanks. I'd rather just like grow. In I this. just love you. You're just like, no, <laughs> no, I know what I want. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. You've, you just seem to, I think it comes back to what you said at the beginning. You just seem to like really enjoy your life. Like, is this what you envisioned for yourself? Like when you were, you grew up in an entrepreneurial family. Very much so. So like, I don't know if people are like, what did your dad do? I'm like, um, like a million things, you know, my, it was it, very, you know, I wouldn't say I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My father was very entrepreneurial. And so therefore I was like, I was the kid, like, you know, when I was younger, my dad was a high roller in Vegas and they'd fly him out to go, you know, to go to Vegas. And I'd get left at home with a babysitter while they'd go. Cause I was the youngest. I have two older brothers. And I would always like start a business. Like when they were out of town, I'm like, let's make a, like one weekend I started like a button earring business with my babysitter. And by the time my parents came home, I had cards printed. We had like glued them up and we were like taking them to stores to go sell them. Like I've always been a hustler. Like that's my thing. I truly enjoy it. Um, Do you think hustle is a bad word? Cause I know a lot of people, cause the podcast is a line in hustle and a lot of people come on and they say, you know, maybe it should be more inspired action because hustle. And I'm like, but no, cause I, I work, I hustle. I get it. I get shit done. Like (laughs) call it whatever the fuck you want. It's still hustle. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. I mean, it's, it's, there's that. I think it's a powerful, great word. Like there's nothing there's, I I'm not ashamed of the fact that I'm like doing this every day. I have to do this every day because I don't have a money tree printed in my, in my backyard for me to pull cash off of, you know, I don't come from a pedigree of family where I'm going to have a trust fund, you know, I, it's just, but it's also kind of like always just who I have always been. I think if I didn't do this, I, 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 I don't know what I would do. Like I would, who knows? Well, let's expand on that story that you mentioned where you had to ship your own jewelry, your jewelry. Oh yeah. So COVID was a really cool story, actually. So COVID hit and the world shut down. And for like the first three days, like, you know, we're looking online, the sales are really low. And we're like, oh shit, what are we going to do? And then suddenly Zoom happened Mm. and everybody had to go to work on screen. And all you could see is what you can see of us right now is here, here, and here. So then suddenly People were not traveling. People were not going out. People were not buying shoes or handbags or clothing for that matter. They started buying jewelry. And our sales, especially hoop earrings and necklaces that are within this Zoom frame, uh, exponentially went crazy. But the problem with that is that we couldn't have our office open. But luckily, we are a fulfillment center upon our, in ourselves because we QC and we ship everything from in-house. So we're a warehouse. So one of us was able to go in. Um, so I ended up, Kevin, Kevin would go in a little bit, but Kevin was in charge of doing something else that was really, really important, which I'll tell you about that also. But I literally would go into the office. He would drive me in. It was like, there's no one on the streets. And I was literally like, remember Will Smith in that movie, I Am Other? I Am Legend. I Am yeah. Legend. Yeah, I imagine we're like there's zombies outside. Yeah, <laughs> you would like drop me off and watch me go inside, and I would like lock the door, and I would get upstairs. It was like dark, and I like it was me alone. I would I Justin Bieber saved my life because I would play. I would I would just play on rotation Justin Bieber, and I was the one who would pack and ship every piece in jewelry, like hundreds hundreds of pieces of jewelry a day. We had to have like two UPS pickups, and it was just me, black gloves, workout clothes, my beanie. Justin Bieber blaring and me packing and shipping everything. And it was, it was a really good, like, you know, 
come to Jesus moment for lack of a better term, like where I was like, God, I'm so grateful for all of my employees for doing this for me every day, because, you know, it's not like I live in an ivory tower, but I'm not shipping orders. So it's like, you know, to get back into that, to where, so then Kevin built this crazy, No, but that's what, what I love about you too. Right. Because you're going to go and get it done. It's your, it's your baby. It's your, it's your business hard on this business to let it go to shit during COVID. Sorry. Or for anything for that matter. Like I am not, I'm saving this and I would go in there and I was, I mean, I was mentally exhausted. I would be like, at the end of some days I was just like, I'm so lonely. Like I'm exhausted. This is like, I can't know how much longer I can do this. Cause like having to actually like do the, you know, the UPS bills and ship the orders and get it. So Kevin figured out this, this crazy. So we basically, it was like this, like almost like a, like a, you know, a, a chain of, okay. So the girls that handle, uh, brass production, the findings will be shipped to their house. They're going to, they're going to process those. They will then be picked up from them, taken to the manufacturer or shipped to the manufacturer or, you know, in New York. So we, we literally, and I would drive around. And so Kevin, like we were driving around in our car, picking up boxes, dropping off boxes to this girl's house, picking up boxes, dropping off to this person's house. I mean, the, up to the manufacturers. Down, I mean, and it was this system that we created to keep it moving. So, a, our employees could work. We didn't furlough one person during COVID, by the way. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. So we kept everybody going. It just created this crazy uh, system that you know we're still there's you know it didn't come without hiccups. You know, like we're still dealing with certain things like coming out of it of like you know, okay. Everyone was scared that the factory was going to get shut down because of COVID. So they'd make, you know, 90 extra pairs of this thing and we didn't need it. So it's like, you know, there were mistakes throughout it, but the fact that we kind of did that, like, I, I'm pretty proud of all of us and my team and grateful for everybody for what they did to keep it going. So it's kind of wild. And we grew, we grew during COVID and we built a store in LA. And you collabed and you did, <laughs> and you built a second Instagram kitchen and you probably will have a cookbook coming out and you're probably going to have your own lifestyle brand, something we won't need to collab anymore because you'll have your own. I want to be a media brand. Oh, cause that was my next question. What's next for you? Do you think, I don't know. I think that we have a lot of opportunities in a lot of different places. There's some things going on right now that I can't talk about right now, but they're very exciting. And <laughs> can't talk about it. <laughs> okay. I know you can't talk about it, but what I, I wanted to ask, what is what I ask, um, all of my guests, what aligned means to you? <sighs> to me, like aligned means like my energy matches my attitude, you know, like, like I'm aligned when it sort of my energy and my attitude are working together and I can create so that's like to be aligned. So when you when you've got both of those things in sync together and then you can create from that. That's being aligned. And if what is the one piece I'm dying to ask what is the one piece that you've designed that you can't live without like that you wear all the time or that is like a staple your favorite? I mean it changes because I evolve and move. Um my listen, my 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 charm necklaces and my dog tags like those are like those will always be my favorite and everyone needs a charm necklace whether it's one charm, it's a giant charm, it's a little charm, like to represent your life. And, you know, the whole reason I started this company is so you don't have to look like everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, there's brands out there that make charm necklaces and do things similar to ours, but they don't customize it in the way that we do. Like, I want you to feel special in your own way. Like, I don't want you wearing a charm that has some word on it that six other girls are going to in the same color or whatever are going to have. Like, that's not special. Like, 
good. That's great. That's cool. And I'm glad that empowers you. But wouldn't you rather have something that, that you've created that's yours alone that no one else will have? Yes. Do you know that whenever I go anywhere for anything, if the salesperson says this is our most popular, my husband's just like, you just killed the sale. You just killed the sale. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you know, it can be the most popular, but you should be able to customize it. Like you should be able to get it in white. You should be able to get it with diamonds. You should be able to get it with, with block letters or Gothic letters or your chain's going to be different than your friends. Yeah, like, like unique, you make, around, it like unique make it authentically you instead of being a carbon copy of, of right. everyone else. But that's, well, that's all they'll get from you, Jennifer Fisher, because you are definitely unique. You are definitely authentic. I am so grateful to have spent this hour with you. And I really cannot wait to see what the future holds for you because you are like, technically to me, you are like trailblazer, definition of trailblazer. Here we go. Thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks so much for coming on. Well, beauty, that's a wrap for season three, episode one. I told you she was on fire. If you found this episode inspiring, I hope you'll share it with a friend. For a summary of today's episode, key takeaways and action steps you can implement to align and hustle your way to a life you love, be sure to visit www.kathyspence.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I hope to see you again next Tuesday. Take care.